Hi everyone, I'm David Blundauer, and welcome to this bonus episode of Conversation with a Manager, Stories from the Frontline. This podcast is dedicated to the proposition that managers, particularly frontline managers, are key to an organization's success. This podcast is also in search of the best advice and counsel from experienced managers for anyone who's new to the role of being a manager. Here's your host, Steve King. Thanks, David. Today, we want to return to our interview with April Jengra and pull out another topic that she and I discussed during our hour together. We first met April in episode four of our first podcast season. If you did not get a chance to hear the episode about managers and underperforming team members, you might want to give a listen sometime. It's a solid episode packed with great advice. The topic of this bonus episode picks up on a theme that seemed to run throughout season one, the need for managers to recognize and adjust to some of the uniqueness of each team member. When we talk about work processes, we're often challenged to think in terms of standardizing processes versus customizing processes. The same is true when dealing with team members. When can we treat everyone the same, and when should we treat folks differently? April offers up a great example of where she found out treating employees the same just did not work, and how she had to make adjustments of two different approaches for two different team members. However, this was not a smooth adjustment, since one of the team members yearned for sameness. The headline for me in this episode is there's a balance to be struck between treating everyone the same and treating everyone differently. The manager's challenge is to find the right balance. Perhaps you'll find some additional insights in this episode as well. So enjoy this extra bit of time with April. You commented on the importance of what you called coaching to the individual. I wonder if you can, first of all, explain what you mean by coaching to the individual. Yeah, I think it, what I mean by coaching to the individual is that you have to really recognize, number one, that each person is different and unique and the way that they consume content, the way that they communicate, and so many different facets of how we pr um, pr productively accomplish our jobs. And so when I think about individual coaching, I think you have to look at each person truly in as an individual. And we have the opportunity as the manager and leader to to understand what the outcome, what we expect the outcome to be, but then working with that team member to identify who they truly are, how they function, how they work, getting to know them, and then strategically creating a game plan is really what you're doing for each individual person to help them achieve that goal. And it can look different for everyone. Some people, um, it can look pretty consistently aligned with others on the team, but you are going to run into some unique people along the way, I think, in a management position that you're going to we need to, as managers, recognize that we can't look at it as a big group. This is my team. We all do this. We all do it just like this. Sure, there are some things that when you fill out a template for a form <laughs> in a task, yes, we're all doing it this way. But could they be, you know, dancing while they're filling out the form? Sure. Could one person sure. be reading while they're filling out the form? Sure. That's what I mean is that individualism that we have to be open-minded to at the end of the day, what I care about is that the form got completed and it got completed correctly and it was done appropriately. The task is done now and now we move on. Although you'd, you'd like to see someone dancing while they're doing the form, right? That'd be kind of I, I would. Absolutely. I think it makes it a fun environment. Yeah. So I wonder if you can use an example. Give me an example where you used sort of coach person X in a certain way because of who they were and coach person Y in a certain way because that's who they were. 
and the results you got by taking these two different approaches. Yeah, I have a, um, an experience that I um, will share with you that took place recently. I have two um, team members that work together um, on a daily basis. And what I learned on learned about each one of them individually was that they um, learn very differently. And so I had to really critique how, so let's step back a moment. What I started doing with this team was initially I would hold a weekly meeting, catch up meeting with that, um, both of those individuals. And we would talk about, okay, here's our plan. Here's our thoughts. Let's collaborate. What's that look like? You know, we'd have our strategy meeting, lay that out. And what I realized is that one person was struggling um, from the team. And so I came back to the approach to say, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling myself trying to figure out why this person is struggling. Cause I thought it was pretty clear about what we were doing. And the other person was on board and they accomplished the task. And so what I did was I thought, you know, maybe I split this, right? This is the individual piece of it. So maybe I split this up. What if I met with this person individually and met with this person individually, even though we both know the same task and they're a team and they're actually working together every day to accomplish this, how can I, how could that look differently? And so I started to accomplish that um, by meeting with that person individually and then really asking questions and diving into, here's the task. If, if I were just to say, this needs to get done, how, and, and you had no direction for me, how would you do that? And um, by really helping to focus on the individual aspect of it with that person, I was able to help identify some, um, there are a few oddities that we had to kind of work around a little bit to help that person see the um, end game and then get them to accomplish the task. But at the end of the day, we were able to. I will add to that by saying that an additional piece that came up during that process that I wasn't prepared for was that the other person, the other team member, saw the other person doing things a little differently and that person would start to complain. She started to complain to say, hey, my partner isn't doing it like I'm doing it. And I think my way works really well. Would you agree? <laughs> and did you agree or not? I, I had to step back and say, let's agree that regardless of how each one of us do our jobs or do the mundaneness of getting to the end, um, the end task, you both accomplished it and you both saw success. So for me, it's not of more, it's not of uh, most importance for me to see how that you guys are both doing it exactly the same way because you're individuals and you're going to find yourselves at times doing them a little differently. So I don't say your way is the wrong way. I'm not saying his way is the wrong way. I'm just saying at the end of the day, we saw success together and that's the win. So there was some constant conversation that I would have to have. I had, I found myself having to have with her along the way because she was really kind of stuck in this mindset of that we should all be doing it we should both be doing it the same way. And um, she struggled with that a little bit, so. So the way you told the story, well, I just heard you tell the story. This is how I interpreted it a bit, which was, it's kind of a trial and error method. Method You kind of find the circumstance and then the circumstance sort of yields you an opportunity to go work on it and then you figure it out. So, um, and then I'm, I guess is after you figured it out once or twice with certain individuals, you sort of get the rhythm. It's like, oh, that's what really makes them tick and so on. Um, is there, besides a trial and error method, is there another way that you can kind of attain or understand somebody's motivations or preferences for approaches to work? Can you, or do you really have to kind of learn it by trial and error? We have, that's a, um, a good one. We have utilized in the past assessments 
right? I think we've probably all experienced that. You go to apply for a position with a company and they go, well, we need you to complete this CalPERS assessment or we need to keep, have you complete this assessment. And it's an insight to you, know, you and your behaviors and how you function, how you work. So we have a lot of those resources and we actually use um, a couple of different um, of those when we do the hiring process. And at times, even after we've launched a team, I've used other assessments that will help me have some insight into the team based on them completing like a 360, right? Um, based on them completing the answers to this assessment. I think that they're, those are great tools, but I don't think it always tells the full picture either. So I think to add to what you were just saying, Steve, is that you do then have to, if you're using assessments such as, and they can be great tools to provide some initial insight, you then need to take that and really dig deeper. So don't get lost in that, well, that's what that person is. This is, <laughs> this is how they learn. I'm going to constantly go back to that. You really have to then take it as an insight and then work through it individually with the person. So I think it's both. I think there's a couple of ways to do that. If you enjoyed this bonus episode of Conversation with a Manager, feel free to listen to our first season of full-length episodes relevant to all managers. And between podcasts, consider picking up a copy of Steve King's book, Prevention and Contingencies, a simple guide to process management, a short primer on the ins and outs of the managing process and how that process management intersects with thoughtful people management. Thank you.